0: Alright, we're back with another episode of Swag Tear. I'm Steven.
1: And I'm Megan.
0: And wow, okay, so just last night I had a a new first in my life, which is kinda of, has kind of a weird context because usually people say that on a Friday night and it means something completely different. But for me, last night was my first time performing in front of an audience that was composed of singers actors and comedians. I had been invited to attend at a sort of professional open mic, semi-professional open mic event at a bar in the Lower East Side here in New York called Lovecraft. And I didn't actually intend to be a performer. I, I saw that this event was happening the last time I was at the bar. I didn't actually go and check it out because the space was already full up but I asked the organizer to be put on the list so he could let me know when the next event would be. I get an email a few weeks later saying, "Um, hey, thanks for following up. I hope I spelled your name right. Here's the link to the event. And then I find that I am on the list. In fact, I am in the first group of people to be performing, even though I haven't even told him that I have anything, that I'm comfortable with performing. Neither of those are true.
1: Yeah, that was the wrong list.
0: <laughs> but the the more I, I kind of thought about it, the more I said, maybe we should try this. I I already like telling stories because I play in lots of tabletop role-playing games. And, and they're the kinds of games that are less about complex combat, like Dungeons and & Dragons, and are instead about encouraging you to create complex characters and collaborate on improvising a story
1: this sounds horrible to me by the way this is like (laughs) the furthest thing from anything that i ever like to do (laughs) i just assume be prancing poopers myself and we all know how much i hate horses
0: (laughs) well it's funny because because megan we we played in an rpg a few years ago i think
1: yeah was it 2013 are you talking about lady blackbird
0: yes i was
1: okay yeah So we did play in that, uh, and, you know, to be honest, I did enjoy the experience, but it's very hard for me to come up with things on the spot. Like, I just, Mm. I'm not imaginative when I'm not writing (laughs) fanfiction.
0: So clearly, we we just don't have, we haven't found the right game for you yet, the right setting.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I just, like, I prefer to watch other people be creative, because when, like, the clocks ticking on me, and, Mm. like, people are, like, waiting on me to come up with something, I'm, like... I went to the store. Super (laughs) exciting. I encountered a grocery cart.
0: (laughs) I think that's completely understandable. And and especially for people who don't have a lot of this experience under their belt already. That's that's super, super common. For me, I would say I'm not always great at coming up with things on the spot either. I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. But part of what I do as a, a game master, a GM is push that responsibility off onto the players and sort of figure out, you know, who, who is good at coming up with this? Who likes coming up with this? Let me ask them what's going on. And knowing you, Megan, I would have known to ask, oh, wh- what's, what's that song name? You would have been pulling on your K-pop expertise to be like, oh, that song is called Something Something. Featuring by someone. someone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whereas I would be awful with song names.
1: That's true. I guess you do have to play to people's strengths. I mean, if you ask me about American music, like, mm, I don't know anything about that, but <laughs> K-pop, yeah, I can answer those questions.
0: <laughs> and actually what what I really like about the systems that are coming out now, especially the indie systems, is that there are such diverse settings, and they have so few rules to worry about upfront. So, So ye- there are superhero RPGs, there are post-apocalyptic RPGs, there are cyberpunk RPGs, there are urban fantasy ones, sort of like Grimm or The Dressed in Files or Angel, and there are even teen angst RPGs where you play as supernatural high schoolers.
1: Okay, now we're getting into some categories that I like.
0: Yeah, essentially, this is... Degrassi with werewolves and vampires.
1: Oh, I don't want Degrassi <laughs> Twilight.
0: It's a really interesting system called Monster Hearts. And it's up to you whether you actually incorporate any vampires in it. You could just as easily play ghosts, the undead, or even normal people.
1: I do like ghosts. I f- love Boo. Oops. I guess I'll... <laughs> <laughs> i'm really passionate about this yeah (laughs) of
0: of all things to deserve a a curse
1: (laughs) it's boo from mario (laughs) that was my boo noise
0: i'm gonna add that to the megan soundboard
1: (laughs) five dollars please yeah (laughs) from petroleum now well damn it
0: (laughs) (laughs) we've already got boo we've got lots of woof noises we need to start cataloging some of these. I think we, we have enough to actually make a soundboard at this point.
1: <laughs> and we still need to make our wiki.
0: Oh, The wiki of all our inside jokes.
1: That we can link in the show notes.
0: For basically every episode. Because yep. it all, something always comes up.
1: So, Supernatural High Schoolers and mm-hmm. the different genres of these tabletop games.
0: Yeah. Man, it, it really sparks my imagination and brings a lot more a lot more people into this hobby, because to be honest, I've played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, but the rules are really complex. And especially if you want to make a character that is of the same power level as people who've been in this hobby for years and years and know all of the tricks of the trade, it's really tough to do it yourself. But with these rules light systems, it's very straightforward to create a character we can do so mechanically in just a few minutes. And the rest is just about figuring out who from Degrassi you want to play.
1: Oh, man. That's an easy question. Maybe not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Who? I don't know these characters except for Fiona. I think she's a character.
1: Yes, Fiona's a character. Um, honestly, I would probably play Imogen, her girlfriend. Well, her girlfriend for some part of the show.
0: For for one of the 10 seasons?
1: Yes, well, no. yeah. So yeah, I would totally be Imogen. But she's like, I fit her personality a little bit because I mean, you saw all those videos that I sent you and I was like hardcore shipping them.
0: Oh, heck yeah.
1: Yeah. And, <laughs> and like their first kiss on the Ferris. oh my God, my heart's fluttering. Uh, <laughs> but Imogen's like the kind of nerdy, quirky girl, glasses, pigtails, like kind of like, I do what I want.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> so So the secret, Megan, is that for all of the characters I pull up, on the spot and all of the situations that they're in, I've usually ripped that off of something I've seen. And I'll take that and I'll add a little twist and to make it my own, but it's really just pulling on source material that I've seen again and again and love so deeply that I'm able to conjure it up at a moment's notice. Like I'm sure you could conjure up any number of Famogen shipping scenes
1: Fimogen, Fimogen? <laughs> yes, Fimogen, <laughs> Fimogen. Fimogen. That sounds like a drug.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something you would take um, when you are entering your mid fifties and you're at a risk for a lot more, a lot, a lot more stuff. But it has, <laughs> also has a lot of side effects, like you may start liking women and be part of school drama. You'll really School want drama to at fifty wheel, yeah. You're gonna need to. You're gonna need to go back to college, and you're gonna be like Chevy Chase in Community.
1: Oh God, famogen folks, and then now I feel like I need to do a little side reel. Like, please be careful with this medication. You need to take it, and if you do take it, then you're gonna have side effects of this and this and this and this, and you're gonna have diarrhea and gas and bloating and
0: and more listed on the box. So exactly, finding an RPG that. Jives with you, something that you're really comfortable with and really want to be a part of, is one of the tricks to being part of a good game. And because there are so many systems out now that have such low barriers to entry, it's easier than ever for people to get into this. So, the game I actually used as inspiration for my stage performance last night was a game called Dread. Now, This performance was in the middle of comedy acts. It was in the middle of songs and the middle of monologues, but I'm not really good at any of those. What I do know is how to tell stories and engage audiences in what's going on. In Dread, you use, instead of rolling dice to overcome challenges, there's a Jenga tower in the middle of the table and you'll pull blocks off of it to ensure your character's success. And as the game goes on, that tower becomes a symbol of the tension latent in the story. You'll see the story in the tower get shakier and shakier as you go on. And you know that once that tower topples, one character's fate is going to fall with it. That was the premise for... What I was originally planning to be maybe a game about supernatural horror, despite how often I smile and how giggly my laughs are.
1: Well, at least you don't have a dirt face like me.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's, it's kind of the opposite. When I'm in Game Master mode, I actually slant way dark and way creepy. That's what I'm able to come up with on the spot and on the fly. Things that send shivers up your spine. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but when I kept thinking about it, I remembered that this event was taking $5 donations toward ending homelessness. And I thought, maybe maybe I could do something with that. Maybe I could have something a little more realistic, something that plays to what this event... It's not a theme for the event, but it is something we all brushed against. And especially in, in New York City, it's something we brush against every day. Mm. So and this, is a, this is a slight warning for people listening to the podcast that the contents of this RPG are going to be a little dark. I decided to make this short piece, follow a homeless man as he applies for a job. And so I invited someone onto the stage to help me pull from the tower. While I narrated the situations that this person would be going through, since they were the ones pulling from the tower, I didn't actually know when the story would stop, but I planned to improvise no matter what happened. So I would lead off saying, you walk into the store and you're looking around for the supervisor so you can apply for this job. But man, you spent hours in the hot summer sun waiting for a spot in the shelter and Even when you did get in, you couldn't fall asleep on that cot. You were bone tired. Take a pull to stay focused. And then they would take a pull from the tower. The next prompt might be, you find the supervisor, and he hands you the application form. But it's funny, the last official document you saw was posted to your apartment door. It was the eviction notice for your family. Your wife was screaming at you, and your daughter was crying. Not that she understood what was going on, but she just saw everybody was so angry. Pull to keep it together and fill out the form. The game would progress like that, pulling more and more blocks, and I would ask for more and more pulls after we passed a certain point in the story. Until finally, inevitably, the tower would fall, and we'd reach our conclusion.
1: So what exactly happens after the tower falls? Like, it's the conclusion, do you make something up on the spot based on where the story is?
0: In a normal game of Dread, the fall of the tower would mark the death of a character. Usually there would be four to six players in a game. And in any horror movie, it's completely reasonable for people to die off Mm -hmm. sort of midway. I usually like playing a little more lenient. And I'll say that the falling of a tower really marks someone for death. They're not out of the game, but they can't fight anything. They'll probably need help overcoming any further challenges. And they become unwilling plot devices uh, that let me put the characters in more precarious situations. In this scenario, the job application game, when the tower falls... All of the things that the supervisor hasn't noticed up until now, Um, the the bags of sleep under your eyes, the the way you hold your right side because you got in a fight with someone unstable in the shelter, or the blue stain on your shirt from the time that some kid threw a Slurpee at you and then walked away laughing to his friends, which you tried to wash away in the bathroom of a gas station, but you honestly just couldn't get out. He notices all of those things and he understands your story and he tells you that, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but I I don't think this will work out, but there's a homeless shelter a couple blocks down the road. You should give them a look. You look like you could use a good night's sleep. That would be the conclusion of the story. Hmm. So it's slightly improvised. I know the start. I know the journey. We'll take a few turns along the road and especially in a normal game where I would actually ask the player for input, we would flow along with that. But I'll know these, these points at the end that I want to hit. And if I've crafted this experience well, I'll be able to run through everything regardless of how early or how late we stop.
1: Right. You're just connecting the dots.
0: Exactly. It's the player's choice. Really what detours they want to take, which direction they want to connect them in, and what colors they want to use.
1: So I know you mentioned to me personally, I don't know if you, I can't remember if you said it now, but you told me that you got cut off, you ran out of time.
0: <laughs> there were a, there were a few unexpected difficulties with this. I timed myself during this presentation, and I timed myself at about seven minutes Which is already kind of, is is definitely stretching the length of a monologue. I was hoping that I would get an extra time allowance, given that this is a pretty unique performance among that crowd. And my topic directly addressed the organizer's charity. But I I ran real long. I was at nine minutes when he just had to to cut me off and say, We got to move on. I'm sorry about this. Part of that was because I spent extra time during setup. We had to get a whole little, we had to drag a table over and I had to call someone from the audience and there was a little chit chat between us. And part of it was just because, honestly, I was a little nervous. Whenever I'm in public speaking about something, whether it's to a a class of, of 30 students or whether it's, whether I'm in front of 60 people in an open mic, my head will remain clear, but my mouth goes a little dry. And most visibly my hands start shaking. It gets pretty bad unless I'm holding them at position. And this became even more obvious when I had to pre-stack the Jenga tower to make sure that it was wobbly from the start because i knew we didn't have that much time and stacking jenga towers isn't something you want to do when your hands are trembling <laughs> it's funny cuz i i knew that that's my normal reaction and i knew that i'd had to i would have to stack up a jenga tower but i didn't make that connection that oh this might actually be a little challenging And very visible to the audience who's intently looking at me. Mm -hmm. But I was able to stack it up. I did not cause it to fall. I tried to prepare this speech over and over and over, which is my normal way to shake off the nerves. And I did have all of my storytelling down pat. But hands still shook.
1: Well, I think that's normal. Particularly, you know, when you're not doing this regularly like public speaking.
0: The crowd was really supportive.
1: Yeah, so that was going to be my next question, was how was the audience reaction?
0: No, everybody was super enthusiastic of everyone. Uh, Like I said, it was, you know, semi-professional, so there were a lot of people in the audience who were trying to do stand-up regularly, people who were trying to make it as singers, people who were trying to make it as actresses or actors. But even when you were hearing somebody that, you know, maybe her her notes weren't quite right, or the stand-up comedian who straight up forgot his lines in the middle and stumbled around for a couple minutes before he said, heck, I'm just going to pull it up on my phone. We were cheering him on when he would say, oh, uh, where were we going? We would say, oh, yeah, you were talking about that really hairy lady. We were super enthusiastic and we wanted him to succeed so when i was cut off people were telling me afterward that was a really unique performance i was i was really engaged and i really wish we had the time to figure out how it ended no one commented on the shaking
1: well nobody would yeah i mean that'd be kind of a rude thing to say
0: (laughs) i i got a really good vibe from everybody I met there and I actually did talk with a lot of people there even though it can be awkward approaching random people at an event like this where you don't know you know if they are a prominent actress or somebody who has released an album or maybe someone is in the same position you are and this is their first time doing it everybody was was super approachable super friendly and overall I'm really glad I went. I'm glad. I did take a recording, but it's never going to see the light of day. (laughs) You can send it to me. Oh gosh, no.
1: (laughs) You've seen me performing (laughs) K-pop. Which, by the way, came in handy yesterday. I told you this story already, but I'll tell it again. I have a new poop story for our audience, because... (laughs)
0: Wait, I don't know if I know this one. You do. Keep going, keep going. I told
1: you yesterday. (laughs) Um, But I had to go to the bathroom at work. And I don't normally do that because like, oh my God, what if someone walks in? Like, I just can't relax enough to actually go. But yesterday was an emergency. (laughs) So I was like, all right, I'm just going to go. So while I'm in the bathroom, I'm like trying to relax myself. I'm like, okay, let me do my breathing exercises. Like, let me do my visualization. I'm like in a peaceful meadow. I'm like, it's wide open spaces. Nobody's going to walk in. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know, the best way to really relax myself, I'm going to bust out some K-pop rap. So (laughs) So I'm in there like rapping to myself under my breath in Korean. I'm like, oh, like singing my lines from the showcase and then all of a sudden everything was good I was at peace and we proceeded successfully
0: <laughs> so so we figured out that your your optimum pooping conditions are in an open meadow <laughs> like on the grass
1: <laughs> yes in a squat in an Asian squat position
0: so you're squatting in this verdant green clear sky meadow on the grass listening to k-pop
1: No, singing (laughs) (laughs) K-pop. Listening to myself K-popping.
0: Wow. You know, if anybody ever wants to make fan art for Swag Tier, bam.
1: (laughs) Megan pooping in a meadow with some (laughs)
0: K-pop lyrics. Great. Oh, Megan's meadow. That's what we're going to title this one.
1: (laughs) which has nothing to do with the content of this episode it's like one offhand story at the end
0: no that's that's the title for the fan art
1: oh okay okay that i i
0: I, i'm not letting that be the title for this episode
1: (laughs) i can get down with that boy i can't wait till we have enough listeners to do start doing fan art
0: if anyone sends you that one you gotta you gotta watch out why i don't know any fan art artists that would Draw someone pooping in a meadow?
1: I don't know. If I was an artist, I would totally draw someone pooping in a meadow if I knew that that's what they wanted to see.
0: God. Okay. I'm glad I can't sing. You can't really draw that well. (laughs) (laughs) That's a weird way to wrap up this episode of Swag Tear. Yo, yo. yo.
1: yo. What? No! No! God damn it, Frisbee. Shut up. (coughs) No.